Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week. And we're in the middle of the NBL Cup now. Four days, eight games. We've seen plenty of action, plenty to dissect. Some teams making statements and individuals making some statements. Some other teams feeling the pinch a little bit. We're seeing some fascinating results, some incredible basketball. Um, we'll bring you all of that here on the show this week. We've also got some got a big announcement to make thanks to Tap Touch, and we'll have our Tap Touch preview once again with Maddie Knight. Boomerang will bring you the Demo Award with Damian Martin. And, of course, Hoops Heaven is making all of this possible. I'm Chris Pike, and the man of the moment, the scoring machine. How do I find you, Sean Redditch, this week? Oh, look, another busy week in Redditch basketball, but uh, found some time to talk NBL hoops, and, and I'm excited about the episode this week. You've also found some time. Let's get it. Let's get to it right off the bat. You found some time to raise some money for charity with the help of Tap Touch, Sean. Lifeline WA is who you're raising money for, thanks thanks to the, the partnership we've come up with with Tap Touch and your couple of multi-bets last week, they were successful. Look, I had a good feeling that Melbourne United was going to take a loss and then yeah. uh, I thought the Wildcats, uh, even though they were the underdogs, they were due for a win. They usually bounce back from a win so or from a loss the previous mm. one against the Phoenix. So it was, uh, you know, I liked those odds and uh, p- paid well for Lifeline this week. Absolutely. $293.25 you raised just just by one multi-bet, Sean. So it, it's a fantastic initiative that, we, that Tab Touch has allowed us to do. But the fact that you bet against Melbourne United, Jock Landale famously now has come out and said they wouldn't lose a game all season. It's nice to also, I guess, win with a... You took a punt on that one, and it's probably nice to win on the back of that too. Yeah, I mean, I just know... You know, we talked about this last week and how good the coaches are in this league and the adjustments that they're going to make. And yeah, you know, Jock Landell has said that he thought Melbourne United was going to go undefeated. Probably didn't factor in, you know, the Golding going down, Shaley going down. But you know, we've got you know world class coaches in this league and players, and they're going to make adjustments. It's not going to say impossible to go undefeated, but it, it is going to be tough. And I think in this day and age in the NBL as well, when when you factor the amount of talent that the league has, I think it's even harder these days. Yeah, you're right. But at the same time, I think Jock's been unfairly targeted by people for making those comments. I mean, in reality, if you go back and look at what he said, all he said was that this team should go into every game expecting to win and he expects to win every game that they play. Is there anything wrong with a player having that attitude do you actually want a player that thinks that they're not going to win every game isn't that the attitude that you want to have oh i agree yeah i think i think in that scenario um yeah you want to go out you're probably not saying that it's one of those ones where you kind of giving yourself a target on your back when you don't need to you're already the the most talented team in the league everyone's expecting you guys to win the championship um, so it's probably one of those things where you don't really need to give your, your opponents a little bit more motivation yeah, sure. in that regard. And, uh, you know, we're talking about it. The rest of the media is talking about it. I'm sure he's going to get asked about it throughout the, the season, especially if they come where they lose a couple games mm. in a row or they have a tough stretch, and um, which is going to happen. I mean, that's just part of being in the professional league. And, and yep. you know, you, can, you can't make every shot. You can't win 
almost every game, um, even though you want to. And uh, it's going to be, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I, I, I suspect that he'll regret making that call at some stage. I actually loved his attitude. He actually went to Dean Bickham in post-match and said he wanted to come to the press conference and he knew that he would be asked about it. So he was on the front foot and said, look, I know you're going to ask me that now that we've lost a game, how do I feel after, you know, I said we'd go undefeated. And, and he he wanted to talk about it. He wanted to be up front and respond to it. So I actually love someone with that that attitude, somebody that doesn't want to, want to hide away from the statements that they make. No, I agree. And, he, you know, it's great for the league. I think it's uh, he's one of those players. He's an extremely talented, if not the most talented player in the league. Probably belongs in the NBA mm-hmm. um, just with his skill set. So we're pretty lucky to have him, at least for this season. And I think I mentioned it last week as well. The tension that he draws when he's out, out there on the court. I mean, even though he's giving you you know, almost 20 and 10 every night. He's actually given the team 30, 35 just with the ability yeah. to open the shots up. For, well, he's for been double teamed every time he catches the ball. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, even a guy like John Mooney, the stats, he's, he's not really getting double teamed at the moment. No. Jacques Landale, when he steps out on the court, he gets that ball in the low post. He is a magnet for the defense. Yeah, absolutely. And when you've got such good shooters like they do, um, it, 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 it helps space the floor. It, it's, it actually works in their favour. Um, so we've, we've seen four days of the NBL Cup, Sean. We've seen eight games. Um, it's a good sample size to probably have some idea of how it's working. What did you, what did you make of the first week? Well, I like it. I mean, you're playing so many games. You're seeing teams. They don't have – I mean, if you look at the scores, they're pretty high scores. Yeah. And I think the fact that you don't have the ability to scout as long – you know, you don't have a full week to kind of dissect each team's plays and figure out all the players' tendencies. Although you're going to know a lot of them, you're not going to be able to dial down to probably the details that you might be able to when you've got a full week to prepare. So to me, that tends to benefit the offense. I mean, you look at the Wildcats and the Sydney Kings. I mean, both teams scoring over 100. It was a shootout, and mm. uh, that's what we like to see. One new initiative that's come in during this NBL Cup is the Coaches Challenge. Um, I didn't actually realise it was happening until I watched the first game and it and, and it popped up and happened. Um, hasn't really had a huge impact, but it did in the Adelaide Southeast Melbourne Phoenix game. So the the Phoenix had a run on and a foul was called um, on Tony Crocker on Cam Glidden for, on a three-point shot and that would have given Glidden three free throws. And it also would have meant that Tony Crocker fouled out of the game, but Connor Henry used his coach's call. And the the call was reversed, and then I think the Phoenix were pretty unhappy. So Mitch Creek fouled Tony Crocker up the other end on the next possession, and then they called for their coach's challenge straight away. Clearly, it was clearly Creek did foul him. They lost their coach's challenge as as a result, and and the way it w- works is you lose a timeout which is pretty important as well. And in a close game down the finish, the Phoenix didn't have a timeout. So that was one game where it did have an impact. What have you? What do you make of the coach's challenge? I like it. I mean, and I think, I think you almost really need to save them for those scenarios where, you know, you got a guy fouling out or a crucial play down the stretch. We saw the Sydney Kings use it in the Wildcats game um, real early on. Um, they actually got a, a, a foul back, mm. and uh, it was the right move. But 
you know, and, th- and there's been talk in the media as well. Well, if they do a successful challenge, should they get the another challenge? I don't really like that because anything that slows the game down. Yeah, we, we don't want more stoppages, do we? No, then you could have six coaches challenge. Yeah, I mean, no yeah. one wants to see that. I mean, we got better, you know, no longer are we having to have the refs run over to the screen and wait five minutes for them to make a call. We can go go to the, the replay center and yeah. uh, and the league can make that quick judgment, which I think is, is a great initiative and great change. So I don't think we want to go back, but I do like the fact that you can have that one challenge where it's a crucial play and we could get the call right and uh, you know it's credit to the coaches they've actually won a lot of them mm. um, so uh, obviously they're better refs than um, <laughs> a lot of people give them credit for yeah the thing I like is it, it hasn't created an extra stop in the game so the coach has to give up a timeout to use it so it hasn't given him an extra timeout so that's the thing that I like it actually hasn't lengthened the game which I think is important yeah, and that that timeout. I mean, the fact that you can call that advance the basketball mm. um, with the timeout in the last two minutes of the game is is beneficial. So you don't want to lose that ability to to be able to advance the ball, especially when you're going down and you only got five seconds. Whereas you can get in the in the front court instead of being um, in the back court. Let's talk about Bryce Cotton. It was a, a pretty eventful week for him. He he played a big game, obviously. Even though he didn't shoot the ball well, he had a big say in the win against Melbourne United. Then he was pretty much on his deathbed for the next 48 hours, but he got up to play and he had a huge, huge game. A fascinating battle with Casper Ware and he was huge against the Sydney Kings. And now the news has come out that he's taken a big step forward in his citizenship so he can now officially apply for it. How long that now takes, it could be, you know, it could be a month, it could be three months, We, we just don't know, but... He's now closer to becoming an Australian citizen anyway. Pretty eventful few days. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Bryce Cotton. I'm sure once the entire league heard that he got his permanent residency, which then allows him to get his citizenship, they mm. just threw up their hands. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> we've already got to contend with the culture of the Wildcats mm. and trying to defend Bryce Cotton and, you know, the Red Army screaming at us as we're trying to shoot three-pointers. And now we've got to factor in Bryce Cotton as an Aussie so that allows the Wildcats to go get another uh, import. So, it, you know, it's huge. And and I think, you know, you look at the history of the Wildcats, they've been great at this. You know, they did it with Ricky Grace. You know, they did that with Scott Fisher. Uh, did myself, did I was able yeah. to. Yeah, and, and now you got Bryce Cotton. Um, so the – I'm surprised more teams don't go down that route, but, mm. uh, you know, probably put Bryce and Ricky Grace and those, that scenario of, you know, some of the greatest players ever play in the league and now they're considered imports. It's uh, a huge advantage for the Wildcats. And and the other thing to talk about is with Bryce Cotton, my understanding, he was actually in the hospital leading up into that game. So it wasn't oh, wow. just that he wasn't feeling well. He was in the hospital and then comes out and still able to drop 30 with non-assists. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's, you know, that's like Michael Jordan flu game yeah. back in, in <laughs> the NBA finals. Yeah. So, uh, you know, another something for the long history that we're going to talk about with Bryce Cotton and how great he is. How much better is it making him and how much more dangerous is it making him that he's now got a, got a genuine partner in crime? I think John Mooney is much better than we thought he was going to be, especially offensively. We didn't expect him to be able to shoot the ball like he is, and he's turning into one of the best players in the league right now. 
Yeah, he's a rebound. We you kind of saw that early on his rebounding. Yeah, he looked a little shaky, um, almost confidence wise um, at shooting the basketball. It's almost like he's gotten rid of that hitch a little bit. He's still got a little yeah. bit in it, but it's not as noticeable as it was. And uh, allowing him to to knock down those mid range jumpers. Once he starts knocking down those, then that three pointer becomes a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Trevor Gleason spoke about it. He you know he's doing all the right things. He's filling that void that Nick K left and uh, doing a great job at it. Now we don't know if Bryce is going to get his citizenship in time for the end of this season or not. But assuming that he does. What do the Wildcats do in terms of the second import spot? I guess first the first question is: Do they use it? Do they bring in a second import? And what sort of player would you recommend? Well, I think you absolutely use it if if you can. Yeah. And uh, you know, looking at their roster, you're probably looking at a five man. They don't really maybe mm-hmm. someone else that can relieve Mooney, so he doesn't always have to play the five. He tends to be in that position. A lot at the moment so yeah. kind of a guy that can you know, can swing Mooney if he's going to shoot the ball can shoot the three as well as he has the last few games then it allows them to go get a five and he can kind of be that stretch guy as well that Jesse Wagstaff provides at the moment but you know Miles um, Plumley would be a, uh, mm-hmm. a a great one there although he, you know he's already talked that he's not going to play this season but I'm sure mm-hmm. they they definitely picked the phone up and uh, you know gauged his renewed interest yeah. if he'd be able to come over. But I would say that you're probably going to go around that that five-man, that big guy to be able to contend with some of the big guys in the league and give them a, a little bit more option there. I mean, Mitch Norton's pretty solid at the point guard spot. I don't think you need to go a point guard. You've already got Blanchfield and Stondel when he gets healthy. Yeah. So I think that's the way to, way to go, a, a kind of a 4-5 that can, can help relieve the pressure on Mooney in the rebounding and, and scoring department. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, now the pro- the problem of the NBL Cup is because you've got so many games in such quick succession that if you get an injury, it's going to mean you're going to miss a lot of games and some teams are now feeling the pinch. Of these, of these three injuries, which one do you think is the most significant? So we've seen Jarrell Martin from the Sydney Kings go down and he's likely to now miss at least the rest of the NBL Cup. Majuk Deng is out for up to six weeks now with a with a knee injury from the Cairns Taipans and Lamar Patterson is now out hurt at least for the next month from the New Zealand Breakers as well. Um, which one's the most significant, do you think? Well, I mean, they're all huge losses for their team. Yeah. You'd probably put Martin and Patterson up there, and uh, I would probably go with Patterson, just mm-hmm. with what we know he's capable of. We hadn't shown it yet. He's a few glimpses there for the New Zealand Breakers. but they're well, the, one, the one game they won is the one game that he did take over. Yeah, they are struggling, and so uh, for them to lose him is a, is a huge blow for for them. And and then you know, it seems like we talk about it every week. But if you're going to bring in an American or an import, you know, now they've got a quarantine. They're not going to get there in time towards the end of. The, so it, it puts them in a tough position. If you had a, it was a local player, then you might be able to find someone that's that's around that can fill that void. But um, you know, having your import and then Sydney Kings, Joel Martin, he was really. Um, looking good and, and mm. kind of fun in his groove as well. So um, tough one for the Sydney Kings, and they just seem to, uh, you know, we've had to see them really go to small ball. So Adam Ford's going to have to uh, test his his lineup abilities to coach, and, and you know, he's going to they're going to need to knock down the three pointers to be able to get wins. They almost did enough against the Wildcats. They scored um, quite a bit of points, 106 points, but weren't, weren't able to get over the line in that one, even though they shot the ball extremely well. 
Now, before we get to the Hoop 7's Play of the Year votes from you this week, Sean, just quickly, do the New Zealand Breakers do anything in terms of changing their personnel? Do they bite the bullet on Patterson now and, and let him go and br- try to bring somebody in? Do they stick with Calder Iverson? What do you think they do? Because right now they're one and they're one and five, and it's really tough to see how they're going to get anywhere anywhere close to a to a winning record. And they might finish the NBL Cup at sort of one and twelve or one and thirteen, and and the, the season's pretty much done. But do you try to still make any changes? Look, I guess it, it just depends on how much you like Colton Iverson, what his contract status is. Mm. You, you know, any team that's got Corey Webster and Ty Webster, you know, they're not going to go the NBL Cup. Um, they're not going to lose every game. They'll, you know, those guys can win a game or two on their own back. So I expect them to get a win or a couple wins. But um, yeah, you might look at Lamar Patterson. He hasn't fitted in too well. You know, it's it's a, it's a tough one though. I mean, with Patterson being injured, maybe you do kind of go that down that route and see if you can make a change and and kind of kickstart your season. We saw them brought in. Scotty Hobson last year, and he was fantastic. So I wouldn't put that past him. And their ownership group has a lot of contacts in the NBA. The G Leagues, you know, they're in the middle of their season, but they're going to be finishing up soon. And so there's going to be some options there as well mm. once their bubble season finishes. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on that. Now, as I said, Hoop7 is bringing you our Play of the Year votes and a Play of the Year award for this year. And we talked last year how... Last week, sorry, how Isaac Humphries and Tyler Harvey were beginning to pull away. All of a sudden, things have really tightened up, and I'm fascinated to see how you went about this process of getting your votes for this week, Sean, because we saw so many guys put up at least one good performance. Did you focus on the guys that played played two pretty good games? Did you focus on the results? And and then you can run through your, your, your one through five votes for us. Yeah, well, first off, it goes down to results. Yep. So the Wildcats were the only team that went 2-0. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, rightfully so, Bryce Cotton, John Mooney got uh, five and four votes there. And then, you know, there was a lot of guys probably unlucky to miss out. Um, Tyler Harvey had a great week again. Um, Jock Landale, Kiefer Sykes had a triple-double, didn't even get a vote. So, mm-hmm. first triple-double, I think, of the season. Yep, yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they lost one game. He was – he was average in, was in the other in the game. game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mitch Creek, I mean, just look at his numbers. He was mm-hmm. he was incredible. Casper Ware, once again, I mean, he gave, even though the Kings lost to the Wildcats, they um his performance over the last couple of weeks has been been outstanding. Machado, I mean, mm. he's uh leading the league in assist and yep. he's you know putting up some incredible numbers and Well, uh, he, he's done know. with it better than last year and we thought he was incredible last season. Yeah, I think they're relying on him a lot more, which is yeah. probably why he has to, but probably also why they're not as successful that, you know, he's having to do a whole lot of hard work for his team. But, you know, they, I thought he's, uh, he's he's played some pretty good basketball and, um, you know, they went down to Melbourne United, but they, they got the Illawarra Hawks and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a good win for him earlier in the week. Yep. So, yeah, fascinating votes there. And that means our leaderboard now, we've still got Isaac Humphreys on top with 15 Tyler Harvey, 13. Bryce Cotton is now on 9. Casper Ware, 7. Scott Machado, 6. Justin Simon, 5. Jock Landale, 5. Mitch Creek, 5. John Mooney, 5. Um, then back to Daniel Johnson on 4. Vic Law on 4. Kiefer Sykes on 4. Nathan Sobey on 3. I think you're, you're pretty much on the money, Sean. They, to me, that sounds like all of the stars in the league all in all in one list. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. And, you know, Bryce Cotton jumped up quite a bit in the list with with one great week. So it's, um, 
it, it's really hard at the moment in the NBL Cup. I mean, all these games seem to blend in, and you're mm-hmm. not sure which week is which week. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of all plays out after this NBL Cup with so many games and so many opportunities for these guys to uh, to put up some incredible numbers. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a deep breath, Joel. When we come back, we'll go through those results from the opening week of the NBL Cup. And then, of course, later on, we'll have the Demo Award, thanks to Boomerang with Damien Martin, and the Tap Touch Preview with Matty Knight. All right, so I'll, I'll just quickly run through the eight, eight scores again, and you can just tell me what, what sort of stood out to you, and then... Yep, sounds good. Okay, Sean, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Now, eight games across four days. There was plenty of action to, to take on board from the opening week of the NBL Cup. It all got underway Saturday. Obviously, all of these games were played at Melbourne's John Kane Arena. And first up, um, the Cairns Taipans. This was a really good game. The Cairns Taipans came from behind to beat the Aurora Hawks 101-95. to And the, the second half of the doubleheader didn't let us down either. It was another... Another high-quality, eventful game. The Perth Wildcats handed Melbourne United their first defeat, 89-85. to Then on Sunday, South East Melbourne Phoenix, too good for the Brisbane Bullets, 99-83. to And then the Adelaide 36ers, they're, they're a tough team to read right now. They put in a shocker against the Sydney Kings, who won 94-77. to Illawarra Hawks, too good for the New Zealand Breakers on Monday night, 102-88. to and then, again, another really good game. I enjoyed this one. Melbourne United ran over the top of the Cairns Taipans in the end to win 88-81. to And then lastly on Tuesday, the highest scoring game of the season, the Perth Wildcats beat the Sydney Kings 113-106. to And then finally, um, another good game. Adelaide 36ers bounced back and they got the win over the South East Melbourne Phoenix 99-94. to what, what stands out out of all of that, Sean? Well, just a lot of different performances from teams. And, you know, um, only team to go 2-0 was the Wildcats. Everyone else, you know, win one, lose one. Um, I guess besides the New Zealand Breakers who uh, are struggling to get wins at the moment. But it's uh, such a a fascinating league when you know every night that it's going to be – you don't know who's going to win. I mean, a Melbourne United team undefeated going against a Wildcats team that's, you know, at that point was sitting – towards the bottom of the ladder, um, and they step up and get a win. I, You know, in that game as well, Bryce Cotton really struggling shooting from the field, but, you know, in the crunch hit that big three. Mm-hmm. I think there's been some some great performances. Vasilovich still lighting mm-hmm. it up um, and shooting the basketball extremely well for the Sydney Kings, so they're going to need him a lot more with um, with some of the injuries that they've got. Uh, you know, Illawarra Hawks uh, – uh, I think Gorgian's got to be happy. They, they dropped the game against the Taipans, but you know they're right in there and they're uh, they're competing. I think that they're going to be right there at the end of the season. So, uh, you know, some interesting results, some unexpected ones, but I think it's uh, it's kind of what you expect here in the NBL this year. It's going to be up and down, and um, you know the the NBL Cup standings. The Wildcats are leading at the moment, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see how the, you know the quarters point system goes down uh, later in the cup as well. You know, as we get down to the last last couple of games, it'll, uh, you know, they'll be fighting for those those quarter point wins when you've got three and a grand on mm. the line. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you think of the point system. So every game has seven points up for grabs. You get three points for a win, and then you get there's a point up for grabs for winning each quarter. So after 
After that first week, we got the Wildcats on 10.5 points, the Sydney Kings on 8 points, the Phoenix 7.5, United 7.5, the Taipans on 7, the Hawks 6.5, the 36 is 6.5, the Breakers 1.5, and the Bullets are 1 point. Um, do you like it? What do you think of, of that part of it? Yeah, I think it adds a little bit to it. I mean, I know for myself, I'm kind of looking at not only who won the game and the stats, but then you're going back and looking at the numbers for each quarter and yep. seeing who got each one. So I think it adds a little bit more spice to it. And, uh, you know, you could come down to the last game. You might be winning that game, but it could come down to a fourth quarter where you know you actually got to win that quarter as well. So uh, it'll be it, – I think it adds a little bit more excitement to it and uh, gives a little bit more um, – gets to play for each each quarter that you're playing. You're not just looking at the final score. You're you're playing every possession, which a coach usually preaches. Mm. But uh, a lot of times the players think, "Hey, we won the game, so um, you know one possession here and there may not matter, but it could matter between the difference between three hundred grand or nothing." <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, before we get to the demo award with Damian Martin, um, over these first six weeks of the season, has who's who's impressed you the most defensively, Sean and if you've kept an eye on the Damo Award, do you agree with his votes generally from week to week? Oh, look, I think he's got a little bit of Sunday Dutch favoritism <laughs> going on. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, my favorite defender at the moment is Justin Simon. Uh, mm-hmm. Just that, you know, some of the blocks he has on the three-point line and his mm. ability to um, to get up there and just contest and just competes – similar to the way Damian Martin um, yeah. played for, for his incredible career. So, I mean, he, you know, Isaac Humphreys, you know, he's just a blocking machine. I think Sunday Detch is doing a great job. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, you know, I think he's probably got it close, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I'm looking at the leaderboard um, and you've got Justin Salmon in third or Todd for second, mm. um, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how, how the rest of the, the year plays out and uh, see if he can jump up there. Well, let's find out why he does think so much of Sunday Ditch. When we come back, we'll have the Demo Award thanks to Boomerang with Damien Martin. Now, of course, the Demo Award, the Best Defensive Player Award, is brought to you by Boomerang. Quite simply, the best basketball system installation company in the country. Check them out at boomerang.com. .au and you all of the basketball systems you need, they'll be happy to install it in your home, in your school, at your recreation center, wherever you need a basketball system, they'll be happy to install it and it'll be the best quality system you've ever, ever played on. But also the custom flooring is something that is just out of this world. It is suitable for any service. You have a look at your backyard, you have a look at anywhere where you can put a basketball court and the custom flooring from Boomerang is absolutely incredible. You can get any markings on it you like, any linings, any graphics. Make it look however you like, but under your feet it's going to feel incredible. But also, thanks to their support here of the Demo Award on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, one of our lucky listeners each week will be able to buy a half-price portable system. That's right, half price. If you just mention that you listen to this on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, you listen to the Boomerang Demo Award, you can buy a portable Boomerang system for half price. If you don't want a portable one, you can get an in-ground system with 25% off or the flooring I talked about, you can get 15% off. That's right, all of these deals are thanks to Boomerang and thanks to their support of us here at Basketball Hustle. 
Okay, now time for the demo award for another week here on here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. It's all thanks to Boomerang, and we're talking to the best defensive player in NBL history. So, who better to break down the best defensive player award for for this season? Damo, thanks for joining us once again. Eight games already across the first four days of the NBL Cup, and as we release <laughs> this week's episode, we're already into into week two with another couple of games on Thursday night. What do you what do you think of what you've seen so far? I am loving it. I love that I can go home and just about every day there's a double header on. You know, I was almost having withdrawals yesterday, so on a Wednesday when there's no games, I'm like, what do I do with myself? But I, I'm loving it. I know that the players have been asked a lot right now to live in a hub, most of which are away from home, you know, back-to-back, two, three games a week. The, the physical toll, the mental toll, but from a spectator's point of view, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is brilliant. Oh, how are you going watching some of the, the guards going right now? If, if we if I have a look at Sean's votes for this week on our Player of the Year award, he's got Bryce Cotton, Casper Ware, Scott Machado, all all among his top five <laughs> players. If you were playing right now, you'd be having to guard some of those guys. How are you how are you going watching watching on some of the things that you're seeing right now? I love it. I, I still put myself in the position of what would I do in that scenario and it's just I can't help myself. So whether it's on-ball situation and isolation from the top, the hypotheticals I play with in my own head, I'm sure that'll go away with age or with age I'll have been even better than what I really ever was. Um, but right now I, I love playing the what-if game if I was defending these guys because like you said, you know, Casper Ware, you know, Scotty Machado, Bryce Conn, you're not talking about just three of the best players in the league this season. You're talking about three guys like, it's only Scott's second year, but Casper's been around long enough now. Bryce certainly has. They're, these guys are some of the great imports we've brought out. And if Machado continues along the way he is, he can be thrown into that category. So the matchup of the round, for me, was two of those guys you mentioned. The the, the battles that have happened between uh, Bryce Cotton and Casper Ware are incredible. It doesn't matter where, whether Casper's wearing a Kings jersey or a Melbourne United jersey. You know, the, the amount of chirping they did to each other made birds in the morning jealous. They were just going back and forth, had a lot to say. I would love it if uh, we had a lip reader to be able to tell me exactly what was said, uh, but I enjoyed the matchup. Both guys are at their absolute best, but, you know, tap, <laughs> take your hat off to Perth. They, uh, a round ago, got smashed by South East, uh, 25-point deficit, and then they bounced back with two huge wins against some quality opponents in Melbourne and Sydney, but that matchup was brutal. I think it'll be just as much fun almost seeing Bryce up against Scott Machado this week too. That's going to be pretty pretty exciting. Imagine, well, I'd love to be Bryce, but imagine being Bryce where you've just seen the best of Casper. You've put in an incredible performance yourself. You go home, you've got a couple of days where you're either at the hotel or on the training court to prepare for Scott Machado, who was last year's runner-up MVP. So it doesn't get any easier, but that's what the NBL has and that's what the Cup is producing. Now... Sean had a little little bit of a crack at you and your voting bef- earlier on the show. I'm going to give you the chance right now to have a crack at Sean's leaderboard in our Player of the Year award. He's got Isaac Humphreys, Tyler Harvey, Bryce Cotton, Casper Ware, Scott Machado as his top as his top five. Is there someone he's missing? Is is there a way you can have a crack at the way Sean's voted so far? Uh, Sean's just gone with the, the the reality is if it went to a vote today, is he going to vote for you know 
Humphreys to win MVP or Bryce Cotton to win MVP? Like, who is the best player in the league right now, the MVP of the league? I, I, I'm putting up a case that Bryce is the MVP of the league. But when it comes to a leaderboard where you have a standout game or an, an upset victory, whatever it might be, or you're taken by surprise to an extent, you know, nothing against Humphreys. He has been brilliant. But I still believe people are going to say it's Bryce. But I genuinely believe Bryce is the best player in the league and having an MVP-worthy season. That's nothing against Humphreys. But when it comes to putting these votes, each week I feel like I'm apologising. I've got two guys who are missing out on votes this week who easily could have gone ahead and got three, and I'll mention those guys shortly. So good old Sean commenting on defence. Mm. He's, like he's like me giving Bryce three-point three shooting advice. So we'll, uh, we'll stick to our strength, the old scoring machine. <laughs> or potentially trying to, trying to give Sean some advice on how to flop. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to have to tune in and see what he said But the, the, the funny thing is I actually can't defend anything that's said about my top five Because even though I think they're all just great defenders Each time I actually hang up the phone from you I'm like, oh, I probably didn't get this person out Or I probably should have given that guy a few points So uh, I actually probably deserve a bit of flack from Sean And I'll probably to leave with that one <laughs> Okay, now, how tough is it? Before we do hear your votes for this week how tough is it when we've got eight games in four days? How tough are you finding it to break it down to to three players to, to give your votes to? Well, what hurts is when a guy has a really good game defensively, but then they're, they're backed up and they're quiet the next game or they, the team loses in a blowout. So it, it, I'm balancing whether I go with, you know, just the best performance of the round gets some votes or if you're playing a second game and you're not as good, does that kind of take you out of the running altogether? And that's probably where I've found myself a few times. Guys are ruining one game but didn't do much defensively the next time, not giving them any votes. Uh, and then the, the flip side is obviously I'm coming from a, a guard's point of view at the defensive end where I think we do the last majority of work. Uh, but I also know how hard it is to try and box out someone like a Nate Jawa, you know, some of these big guys. And so I've started to give Probably a little bit more credit and paid a little bit more attention to some of the big rebounders in the league who are who are getting huge amounts of boards. And in years gone by, I was only worried about deflections, being in a stance, being in the right position, and communication. Now I'm also probably giving a bit more respect to those who are taking the time to turn around, box out, go and chase down the ball, and win their team a possession at the defensive rebound end. Actually, yeah. I mean, you do have a good mix in your votes this week. You've got a big, you've got a wing, and you've got. You've got a guard there, so there's a good mix. Before we hear who they are, who were the ones that you really had a hard time leaving out? Yeah, Mitch Creed, mm. I thought, both ends of the court, he was fantastic. So not having Hobson in particular, but he's just consistently putting in a good effort at both ends, and I thought almost single-handedly won in the game in stages, you know, with that second quarter performance. So Mitch Creek to not get any votes this week is probably uh, deserving to feel hard done by. I certainly was impressed by it, and, and, in, and in many regards, probably his performance at the offensive end probably took away from the, the fact he was so good at one end and very good at the other that he outshone himself, if that makes sense. So, uh, he was great and a tough one to miss out. Moon is the other one. I mean, what do you have, 16, 18? Rebounds, 18 rebounds, large majority of them at the defensive end. Did a great job in his matchups. You know, obviously the Kings and Melbourne have some quality bigs and some big boys out there. Uh, so Mooney, so Creek and Mooney were the two that were very, very, very unlucky uh, not to be getting points this week. But having said that, if one of these three that you did give votes to missed out, they would have been desperately unlucky too. So why don't you, why don't you tell us who, thanks to Boomerang, got the votes this week in the demo? 
Yeah, Matty Hodgson, one point. He was great in that first half in particular. I mean, he's coming back from injury, playing a few more minutes. He got the start. Yeah, I think he had three dunks, including that reverse. That's where a lot of the, the hype was coming from, but it was at the other end. Uh, blocking shots, deflecting shots. A lot of the guards have good floaters uh, in the league, but when you're coming up against a guy who was playing straight up, a lot of the times Hodgson gets in foul trouble because the arms might collapse or he might be jumping forward. He just uses height, uh, body positioning and strength and even if he didn't get credit for a deflection or a block shot I thought he did a good job at the rim uh, just protecting him and changing the way some of those guards had to shoot and that's why he got one vote uh, after you know dealing with a bit of a, I think it was an ankle injury for quite some time Absolutely. Now the two votes I'm glad that I checked this with you before because you almost gave his <laughs> offensive minded point guard all of the credit but gee this guy's a, a special defender he is. Uh, I've mentioned Harvey uh, probably every second week. I feel like I'm bringing him up either as a guy who just missed out on points or a guy that I'm allocating points to. Exactly. What you have done... It's, it's, it's Simon, not Harvey. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you. I actually really enjoy watching Illawarra mm. because of both ends between the two of them. Uh, you know, you've got one of the best defenders in the league, and it will be right up there come the end of the season with who actually wins the, the award. And then just the, the floater game of mm. Harvey at the other end is why I just love watching the Hawks. Jessup. He just backs himself. I don't know how else to put it. He just flat out backs himself. You know, AJ, you know, was getting up and down the court well. They're, they're fun to watch. Uh, I'm enjoying watching what the product is, the, the style of play the Hawks are doing. Obviously, they let too many points up on the board two weeks ago. But, yeah, what, what we're seeing out there, Simon, is just brilliant. Uh, two votes for him. And he will continue to be someone I watch at the, at the defensive end because of the work he does, not just on the ball, but off it. And uh, he's a hell of a pickup. For, at times, if you genuinely believe your team can win a grand final series, you've got to recruit according to what's needed in the postseason. And he will be needed in the postseason for the teams they'll face. Full credit to Gorge. He hasn't recruited a team that's just going to go 500 or make progress and rely on talent. Talent can get you to the finals. It's the intangibles above your shoulders that can win you a championship and they've got that you know, in the in the recruiting side. So, yeah, he's fun to watch. Absolutely. He's already won two games for them just on offensive rebounds on on, that, on his own. So, I mean, he's, he's already pr- proving a match winner. Um, now, the three votes. Can you tell us why this guy deserves the three votes and maybe explain to Sean why exactly he does deserve the three votes? Look, I just challenge, I mean, it is hard. If you're live at a game, I think you have an even greater appreciation for what Sunday Dutch does because he will pick up full court. He will deny that first pass. He's going to turn you twice. So while the camera may actually be following the person who may have just scored or may have just committed the foul, whatever it may be, he is still working. Then pay attention to what he does on the ball in comparison to what other guys will do when they're on the ball. It is... Very few and far between possessions where his hands are below his waist, in particular when he's guarding the ball. Now, that may sound silly because it's one of the defense, defense 101, one of the most basic things you can do, but he takes away the vision of the player he's guarding. He's got long arms, he's got quick reflexes, he's got quick feet, so not only does he take away vision, but he's always a chance of getting a deflection, which the opponent knows, so they have to make either an incredible crisp pass or they take a wider angle on that pass and they might add a more air and make it a lob pass or a bounce pass which is slower so he disrupts timing so you know appreciating how much 
disrupting timing can upset the flow of a scorer who might be coming down on a pin down. He's already gone into his one-two step, but then he's got to wait for that pass because <laughs> Sunday has affected the speed of that pass. I know it sounds silly, but start paying attention to those things and you'll see why Sunday is starting to set himself apart from a lot of other very good defenders in the league. The other thing that I think is important is the fact that he, he plays virtually 40 minutes a game. He doesn't come out. He, he does all of that, but he doesn't. Without, without really getting a rest. Exactly right. And I, I think there's probably five guys I'd throw into a category of fittest in the league, and Sunday's one of those five. And to do it against the opponent's best player, to do it one through three, you're happy to switch off. And to see him guard a power forward happens occasionally as well. So one through four, you can see Sunday. But it's full court, it's denial, it's up and in, which puts yourself in a position to get blown by occasionally. But the high-risk, high-reward, they are getting much more reward with his style of defense. And like you said, he's doing it for close to 40 minutes a game. Credit to him, it's, it's incredible. And I know that opponents hate going in there and having him guard him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I've got no problem with your voting, Damo. But what I'm not going to do... Is I'm not going to read out the the leaderboard because I don't want to, I don't want to corrupt your votes for next week. So that way you can avoid the leaderboard. You can you can have a clear head when you're casting your votes. If anyone does want an update to the leaderboard, just check out our social media page. But but Damo, a lot of fun hearing your insights once again. Enjoy the eight games over the next few days, and we'll be back next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Parker. Thanks, Boomerang. Okay, thank you to Damien Martin for bringing us the demo. Thanks to Boomerang once again here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And now it's time to get straight into our Tab Touch preview. I'll be joined by Matty Knight in a second. But, of course, head to tabtouch.com.au to check out all of your NBL betting markets. We'll have all of the games available there during the NBL Cup to bet on. But it's not just the head-to-head betting. You can get some, some line betting, margin betting, you can bet on who's going to get the most rebounds, the most points. Is somebody going to get a double-double, a triple-double in certain games? Whatever you want to bet on during an NBL game, TabTouch will have you covered. Remember, of course, to gamble responsibly, but have to head to tabtouch.com.au and we'll try to now help you find a winner as I'm joined by Matty Knight here on the TabTouch preview. Okay, joined by Matty Knight. Thanks for being back here on, on the TabTouch preview again, Matty. Plenty of basketball over the last few days. We've got plenty of plenty more to come now as we've only got one day to to recover in between rounds of the NBL Cup. What did you make of what you saw in over those eight games across the first four days? Yeah, no, uh, a lot of interesting results. Yeah. Um, teams you didn't think would get up got up, but um, I guess that's the way the NBL season's gone this uh, mm. this year so far. Teams um, favourites have gone in and been upset, and then. Um, yeah, it's been good. a lot of good basketball, though. It's good to see so many games being played, and yeah. I'm sure the players are enjoying getting out playing more than training. Absolutely. Now, of course, we're here on, thanks to TabTouch, to try to raise money for some charity. So we're, we're placing some multi-bets every week and trying to raise money. Um, some bad news last week, Matty. Um, Sean Reddy, your old, your old mate, the scoring machine, he... He broke his duck. He managed to, to find a couple of winners last week, and it's good news for Lifeline WA, but not so good news for you. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe it. I've been there. Sean, the two best, they came through. I was devastated. Yeah. I'm still uh, 
I'm still dirty on the on Brisbane Bullets and Adelaide City Sixers yeah, game. So you, I should, that, so you should be. <laughs> no, I thought that was my chance to, yeah. to get ahead, but unfortunately <laughs> it didn't go my way. So, no, it's great news for Shawnee's charity, and um, hopefully I uh, can turn around this week. Yeah, you're unlucky. So you, you both ended up betting on the the Hawks and the Taipans game. So and that was a close game for a lot of that game. It looks like looked like the Hawks were going to win. So you were on the Hawks, but you got unlucky there. And then you were, you got the Phoenix over the Bullets, right? Um, and I was really surprised with the way the 36ers put in a stinker against the Kings. I think you you were unlucky because I think you know the Kings were down their big man. Um, they 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 shouldn't have won that game like they did, but the 36ers didn't turn up. So you you, you just got unlucky. I oh, know, I think I put a mockery on team. So if I pick <laughs> to win, I think uh, yeah, I might have to start um, picking the favourites all the time. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll keep going here, trying to raise as much money as we can and I mean the good news is we're doing this for charity, so it's great news that we're exactly. off we're off the zero as a team, but I think everyone listening and everyone tuning in is is pulling for you to, to beat Sean. I don't think Sean need, needs needs to have that have that head of his grow any further, Maddie. So that's that's try to help you get off get off the zero too. I oh, know. Um, pumping up a little bit more each day is ahead of me, so I need to, <laughs> need to pop that bubble. Absolutely. Um, got plenty more games to look forward to now. It starts. We're recording this on a Thursday. We release our shows every Thursday, of course. So it starts tonight. With a couple of more games to start things off in week two of the NBL Cup, Maddie. And, and first up, fascinating game. Sydney Kings are playing pretty good basketball for a team that is missing so many stars, but the New Zealand break is now without Lamar Patterson as well. Um, do you give them any hope? It could be a blessing in disguise for the breakers. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, their team chemistry hasn't been what they probably expected this year, but um, obviously Lamar likes to have the basketball in his hands with the Webster brothers as well. So mm. it might um, put more responsibility on the on the Webster brothers and um, open up for another guy to come in who doesn't need the ball as much. So like you said, Sydney, Sydney playing good basketball. Um, it was a very high-scoring game against the Wildcats yeah. on the weekend. But um, yeah, I, I'm actually on tip New Zealand. I think uh, they're due... Um, obviously, Sydney's playing some good basketball, but I think the Lamar Patterson injury might be a blessing in disguise for the Breakers. I actually agree with you um, about Lamar. I mean, he's putting so much pressure on himself right now that they might actually play with a, a bit bit of freedom without him without him there. I mean, they've got they got Abercrombie that can step up into the void, Delaney that can step up, and we know that the Websters love love to take as many shots as they can. So, I think it might actually help their chemistry because I don't think. Um, He's clicked as in terms of chemistry with that group, so it might actually help them get along better. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting way to kick things off tonight. Um, the second game, this is interesting too, because the Adelaide 36ers, we just have no idea which team is going to turn up any any given night. Their best is very good, but it's going to be tough against Melbourne United. Yeah, no, I think um, Melbourne United got their wake-up call yeah. uh, on the weekend against Perth. Um, I think they probably... Score, like most people, that'd be a, an easy win for them. But um, it just shows if you don't show up at each game, then you're in for a dogfight each game in first through. But um, there's that on uh, the weekend. And then, yeah, Adelaide, it's heckle and jive, really. You don't know who's going to show up. Um, when they show up, they're very good. Yeah. But when they don't, they're very bad. So there's no real in the middle swing right now. But, um, 
I think Melbourne United uh, got their wake-up call and they'll be desperate to get out there and uh, continue to get these wins, especially yeah. while they're playing in the front of the home crowd. A- absolutely. I think that is a that is a big factor. Um, first up on Friday, um, another, another interesting one, Brisbane Bullets taking on the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, no, um, Brisbane's almost the same as Adelaide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just don't know which team's going to show up. There's got a lot of talent on that team, but some reason they just can't string it all together and then um, yeah it'll be an interesting one um, yeah, I'm not sure I think uh, the Hawks should get up they've got a, a lot more talent and um, especially being coached by George yeah. I think that uh, yeah they should uh, get a convincing win they should but they've now lost three, three of the last four as well so I think that's a, that's a really tough one to, to pick um, so is this one Cairns Taipans, even though they lost their last game against Melbourne, they've been playing much better over the, their last three games. And they take on a Perth Wildcats team that, with Bryce Codden and John Mooney firing, they could they could really go places. Yeah, exactly. I think they're leading the NBL Cup right now, yeah. two wins in two games. And um, a yeah, big win against Melbourne and backs up against Sydney. Um, the thing will be uh, the wear and tear of the bodies of Bryce mm. and Donnie, especially uh, playing close games. But, um, yeah, Cairns, they were unlucky against Melbourne as well. Yeah, um, maybe getting away from Cairns, being on the road, it's brought them closer. It's going to be a tough game to pick. Um, I think uh, Perth will get up. I think Bryce is playing some really good basketball now. but uh, And uh, I think they'll carry the momentum from the previous weekend over this game. Yeah, that's probably the one game out of this whole weekend I'm most looking forward to. I think that'll, that'll be a cracker. Um, first up on Saturday, then we've got... The Adelaide 36ers and the and the New Zealand Breakers and and just because of the way both teams are going, this is another tough one to, to tip. Yeah, well, depending which team uh, which Adelaide team shows up yeah. in the first game, if uh, they don't play well and they normally back out with a very strong game the next yeah, game, vice versa. But um, no, I think Adelaide Adelaide should get uh, the win against the Breakers. Yeah, I, I think they should, um, but. Yeah, nothing's nothing's for certain. Um, now this one, these teams love to play against each other. It's a great rivalry, Melbourne United and the Sydney Kings. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's gonna be a huge rivalry that mm. game, uh, Melbourne Sydney battle. But I think um, Melbourne United just got too much depth right now. Um, Sydney will battle hard, especially Castle Ware. He's starting to play some pretty good basketball. Um, but yeah, once again, Melbourne, just with their depth, um, and they're trying to get as many wins while they're playing at home, um, and trying to consolidate that top four spot. So I think Melbourne, just with too much depth right now for Sydney, especially with all the injuries they've got. Yeah. And um, Sydney are really uh, exposed in the big man department against the Wildcats. So I think uh, Jock will have a, a massive, massive game. Yeah, I think so. And Gerard Martin, I think he's out for... I think they expect him to be out for the rest of the NBL Cup at least. So that's that's a big loss, even though they've got Daniel Kickett back. But he's not exactly a, a great defender, as we know. So it's... Uh, it's yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's not known for defense kicks. No, no. He's all about offense. So, yeah, I think um, too much depth and the height will be an issue for Sydney. Yeah, I, I think so. Now, a couple of fascinating games on Sunday. So South East Melbourne Phoenix will play their... Their first game and only game of this of this weekend up against the Illawarra Hawks and this will be an exciting game. I expect plenty of points to go up. 
yeah, no, this is probably one of the games of the round, the Phoenix and the Hawks. Um, it's another tough one to pick. Like, it's been all season that you never know which team's going to show up. But um, I think uh, South East will probably get the win. Been home. Um, they're staying both good basketball and the result didn't go their way this weekend. But um, Mitch Creek's staying to play some really good basketball. Oh, It'll sure. be a fascinating battle. But I think um, South East will get to win this uh, this game. Now, this one's a big game um, to finish off with, and especially if things go to the way you tipped earlier in the round, if they're both coming off losses, both of these teams need to win to probably keep their their seasons alive in a lot of ways. So the Brisbane Bullets up against the Cairns Taipans. Yeah. Now, um, Cairns, I, I think they need to win the majority of their games from here on out if they, mm. if they yeah. want to play finals um, after that massive losing streak to start the season. The same with Brisbane. Um, you don't want to drop too many right now and then find yourself having to win all the games towards the end of the year, put that pressure on, makes it even harder. But um, I think Cairns, uh, I think they'll have a tight, um, hard game against Perth earlier in the round, but then I think they'll back up against Brisbane. I think Cairns have more to play for, especially after the season they had last year. All the expectations that were put on them this year to um, be a, a top two or top four team, and they haven't delivered yet. So I think Cairns uh, with more to play will be more desperate for that win. Yeah, and I, I think on paper they're a better team too, so I think they should win. But, yeah, I mean, we never know what could happen. So there's eight more games there to look forward to, Matty. You've given a good rundown on them all. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, is there one thing you're most looking forward to about about this week? What What's really got, got you up and about? What are you looking forward to seeing? I think after this week, you're really going to see the top four start to separate. Yeah, um, yeah I think the, it's always normally halfway through a season where teams start to gel together and start building that chemistry and they're the ones that normally continue to win and the gap between the top four and bottom four starts to get bigger and bigger. And I think after this weekend, top four teams will probably start to show who will be there come finals time. Yeah, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great point. So we can come back and talk about that next week, Matty, and hopefully we'll also have 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 a winning couple of bets from you thanks to Tab Touch as well, and you've opened your account. And once once you have opened your account, we'll also reveal the charity that you're raising money for as well. So hopefully we can have some success in coming weeks. But for now, thanks for joining us once again, Matty, and enjoy the action. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Okay, back on Hoop 7's A Basketball Hustle, and thanks to thanks to Damien Martin for another edition of his the Damo Award, with, thanks to Boomerang, and thanks to those insights from Matty Knight about the week ahead in the NBL Cup, thanks to Tab Touch, and now I'm back here with the scoring machine, Sean Redditch, and another four days, another eight games to look forward to in the NBL Cup for this week, Sean. Why don't you run through the eight games you've got to look forward to and, and tell me your thoughts. Yeah, it's going to be another uh, fun-filled week of a lot of basketball. And, you know, Thursday night, I've got the Kings beating the Breakers and then the United taking down the 36ers on Friday. I think the Hawks. And uh, and I think actually the Taipans might get the Wildcats in that one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it might be an, an interesting uh, pick there. Saturday, 36ers versus the Breakers. I got the 36ers and then United beating the Kings. And coming back on Sunday, I've got Phoenix beating the Hawks and then the Taipans um, getting the bullets in that one. So, um, you know, some some probably interesting picks there, but uh, that's what I'm going with, and we'll see how they turn out. It's going to be a great week of basketball. Yeah, there's some exciting matchups there. The one that stands out to me is the Taipans and the Wildcats on Friday night. I'm really looking forward to that game. It's a big game for both. If the Wildcats can keep winning, then they just keep that momentum going. But it's a chance for the Taipans to also... They've been playing good basketball. They were unlucky to lose to Melbourne. If they can get this game, they're right back in the mix. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, that'd be a good scalp for them. They, give them confidence as well to to be able to knock off a team like the Wildcats and, and how well Bryce Cotton, John Mooney, and, and the rest of them are playing. So, um, you know, obviously losing Mejok Dang is going to be hurt them, but I, mm. I think other guys might step up. Give them possibly could give them a little bit more balance. Kawat Noy, you might throw him at the four as well and yeah. give them a better, um, a little bit different, I guess, uh, lineup out there. You, you know, you can kind of play that stretch four and then allow Oliver to, to man the middle in the five. So I think, you know, sometimes less is more. I'm, I'm not saying mm. that they. They're going to be better without Mijak Dang, but I think, you know, tweak the lineup and teams may not know what to expect. And when you got Machado fawning you, yeah. uh, you know, if you can surround him with shooters, it'll be uh, interesting to um, see how it plays out. Real chance for Mahabe King as well. He's fallen right behind in the, the battle for the, the rookie of the year, as we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when you've got such stars like Vasilovic and, and, and Jack White and Yanni Wetzel and obviously Josh Giddy. Um, now, there's one on, on – and obviously Justin and Jessup too. Um, we expect him to be in that mix, but he might actually get a chance now without Deng. There might be a chance if, like you said, Noy goes to the four. You can play King at the three. You've still got Jerick, Jerick there and Machado in the backcourt. This might be his chance. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just need an opportunity. He hasn't got a lot of minutes. We saw it in the preseason. He had some pretty solid games. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't got that, that kind of flow that he needs to, to – to kind of get up there and put some big numbers out there. So you're right. I mean, in the NBL Cup, when you're playing two, three games a week, um, you're going to get an opportunity, and you just got to make the most of it. Now, you're on a roll too now. You've got your first win on the board thanks to Tad Touch um, to raise some money for Lifeline WA. Um, we'll announce those again on Friday morning, so check out the Tab Touch social media channels for your predictions for this week. But do you think you can get on a roll now, Sean? I do. I, I'm, I'm feeling good. I, you know, when as a player, even though when I was missing shots, I always told myself, I just got to make one. And as soon <laughs> as I made one, I, I felt like I was on fire. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. But, uh, you know, some days it worked for me, some days it didn't. But, uh, you know, I, I still got that, that competitiveness in me. So uh, I've got one, Dan. I, I, hopefully I'll, I'll catch on fire now. Well, we look forward to it because it's for a good cause, obviously. So thanks to TabTouch for making all of that possible. And once again, thanks to Boomerang for bringing us Damian Martin this week. And thanks to, to Maddie Knight for joining us. Thanks to the TabTouch preview. And, of course, as always, Hoop7. Head to hoop7.com.au. Or if you're in Perth, go to their, their physical store at Murray Street. And the best basketball store in Australia. I just can't say it. Say it any more clear. Everything that you could ever hope for. And they'll take care of you at Hoops7. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off for this weekend and leave you with the one and only scoring machine.
Thanks, Pocky. The guy I'm going to look at this week to really have a big week, and I think he's starting to find some form, is Didi Lazada. 19 points the last game, 5-9, and nine, coming off an injury. But I think with the injury concerns for the Sydney Kings, I think Lazada could be a key to them uh, getting back in the winner's circle and, and getting towards the top of the ladder again. So I think Didi Lazada is, is due for some, some breakout games coming forward.